COVID-19, murder hornets, riots, and racial injustice. None of that could keep us down. But a psychotic forest ranger? Well, that just might. We watched The Legend of the Psychotic Forest Ranger. We watch it so you don't have to. So you know what time it is. Welcome back. We're back after a, a bit of a hiatus, a hot minute, hot minute, if you will, with all the shit going on. But we're finally back. We are the Horrible Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Marshall Hampton. With me, as always, is my co-host, my buddy, Mr. Aaron Southworth. Aaron, say hello. Baby, we're back. It's been three months. At yeah. Least. I think the last night was around St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, our last and episode was the, the, was the Leprechaun one. <laughs> yeah, so we've had... We've had COVID-19, we've had racial injustice, we've had riots, we've had murder hornets, but we gotta come back, babe. Yeah. We gotta come back, baby. The people need us now more than ever. I we, agree. Yeah, so we couldn't sit, we, we're finally back, so uh, forget what any, uh, like the old ring rust, we, got, we gotta shake off that ring rust if it you know, doesn't go as smoothly as we uh, normally do. Plus, right, and of course, we're doing this remotely. Yeah, this is, we're trying to do this remotely for right now, so uh, we'll see how that goes. So bear with us for any uh, oddities, any issues we might have, and just this might be a little, you know, obviously going to be a little different from our, our normal episode. But Yeah, like if, if we have like awkward pauses and like, oh, sorry, you go, you go, you go, yeah. you go, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, so it, we're going to see how this goes, and hopefully it'll be all right. And uh, But main thing to take away is we're back, Moon Goons. Horrible Horror is back. I know you missed us. We missed you. Uh, let's jump right in. So before, um, all right, before we jump into the movie, uh, shout out and thanks. First, I want to say uh, Patreon shout out to Josh Coleman for supporting us on our Patreon page. That's from he was, it was a while ago, but since you know this is our first episode back, I'm finally not getting to it. And also a very very belated happy 18th birthday to Eli Bottom. Um, he was, um, I think, the brother of one of our Patreon supporters um, who sent, you know, asked, you know, give him a little birthday shout. And I said, sure, why the fuck not? Sure, so, uh, why not? Why not? Oh, that was, happy you birthday. Know, again, that was back in, like, March or something. So, very happy 18th, bladed 18th birthday, Eli. Uh, hope is I great. Mean, it's, it's, it's our first time back, so we're doing yeah, this. You're 18 now. Go do a bunch of crazy shit that you can now get arrested for and try as an adult. I don't know. Dude, uh, dude do, you it, remember, do you remember what you did when you turned 18? God, dude, my 18th birthday, man, I remember, like, I was like, all right, let's go to strip clubs, you know, the ones that were 21 and older, because there were still a few of those around at that point, and, uh, like, buying, let's go get some porn, just because I could, uh, and, you know, but anything I could do legally, I was doing it, even if I didn't, like, let's go buy some cigarettes now, even though I don't smoke, but I can legally buy them, I'll <laughs> give them to somebody else, like, just, yeah, 18th birthday was... Yeah, I think yeah. I bought cigarettes, porno mags, lottery tickets... Uh, yeah, all that stuff just on the bar- like on my 18th birthday, and I was so happy. But I remember I didn't get carded. I was yeah, so pissed. Yeah, I know. Like, I know they didn't card me when I bought cigarettes. They, was, I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> like, I was like, 
card me, damn it. I'm finally 18. Right. I won't be able to do this legally now. You're taking it away. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, and going to the strip clubs and, like, the old, like, I think it was, like, the old Deja Vu was still, like, at that point was, yes. uh, was a juice club where it was 21 and under. Or as yeah, you had to up, you had like, to bring uh you could either you had juice or you could it was a BYOB yeah or something yeah. like that it was a really weird setup but it's not around anymore um, yeah. it's not the one here there might there was one up in Springfield but Springfield. I don't know if that's still yeah. open anyway yeah 18th birthday was crazy um so uh, let's move this let's move on to uh, this this movie uh, the Legend of the Psychotic too. Forest Ranger quite in the mouthful of a title it is. Um, it's, this movie was released on August 17th of 2011 in Canada, written and directed by Brad Mills. You can find it on Tubi for free. That's where I watched it. And supposedly it's on Voodoo and Apple TV as well. I cannot verify that, but that's what I've, it says. So it's also on Amazon. You can rent it for 99 cents, which it is, is what on I Amazon? did. I didn't, I didn't yeah. see it on there. Because when I it's looked on, on Amazon, it said video is like unavailable right now. For ninety nine cents, yeah, you could rent it. Yeah, if that's saying something. <laughs> damn, yeah. how many videos do you see that's ninety nine cent rental? Yeah, you know you're in for a, a hard, hard road if it's a ninety nine cent <laughs> rental. Uh, this was suggested to us over our our break, like we were getting some video suggestions during our hiatus here, and this one was suggested to us by uh, Jeff Bosniak. Who has become kind of a regular uh, supporter, and I get a lot of uh, suggestions from him. Uh, th- but this one we, we took this time and ran with it. Um, the cast pff, ain't shit to talk. The, the Forest Ranger is played by Michael G. McDonald. He's only got four credits to his name. Two of those four are just shorts, and this was his very first acting credit. Um, well, M- Michael McDonald also had a great career as a Motown artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't think it's that Michael. If that's like that Michael McDonald, he, he uh, let himself go a bit. Um, <laughs> but the rest of the cast is all a bunch of like one and dines that you've never heard of and you're probably never going to see again. So I'm not going to go into God. that. And thank God. <laughs> all right. So the movie... Uh, we opened 40 years ago, way back in the 70s, with a couple camping out in the woods. Uh, the dude is dressed for a night out at the disco rather than a weekend in the woods. Right. Like he's wearing his tight pants and his, his big-ass, uh, big-collared disco shirt, and he's got his porn mustache. Like, he is ready for a night at the disco, not Proper dressed for the woods. Yeah. yeah. And I just, which I get, the girl he's with, just fine, you know, a little tank top, jean shorts. Okay, she's fine. Um, okay, hold yeah. On. The girl, the girl looked like she's from the nineties, though. She looked like she could be an extra in a Britney Spears video. <laughs> like at least that guy looked <laughs> like he was from the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, a tank top and jean shorts is kind of a universal look. That could be in any time period. But I see her. I mean, yeah, probably a little yeah. more modern, but. Uh, definitely, but at least she looked like she could be in the woods, whereas this guy was like straight up nightclub, nightclub ready. Like, he that looked, was a little he, weird. Saturday Night Fever, baby. Exactly. Yeah, Saturday Night Fever. Um, so the girl is like breaking, is breaking down the tent and their campsite and cleaning up the campsite. Where I'm just calling the guy Disco Steve. I don't, Disco Steve <laughs> comes up behind her, starts kissing on her. She turns to him and starts to take off her shirt when they hear a twig snapping from somewhere in the woods around him. They both turn to look, you know, towards the sound, but of course they don't see anything yet. Um, the girls all freaked out, but Disco Steve, he's like, "Oh, baby, that was probably just some squirrels, you know." 
Uh, but she's like, she's like, no, no, I'm, I'm freaked out. And, he, and he's like, so Disco Steve's like, fine, I'll go check it out. I'll, I'll be right back. So right off the bat, it's like so typecast, predictable. Yawn, you know. Yeah. Let's keep moving. I'm like, I know it's going to happen. He's going to come back and be almost dead. Exactly. So the, uh, where was that? Night, night, night's falling here. And, uh. The two of them are they're back together, and yeah, that's the thing. He, sh- he showed back up, and I thought for sure he'd like be dead and wouldn't come back. But he actually showed back up. Like, let's get out of here. I got the creeps. I'm like, huh? Okay, I'm actually getting a little swervy here. Maybe this isn't as bad as I would think it would be. But uh, yeah, it that was about the biggest, you know, positive I have to say so far. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, the night's falling, and they're trying to navigate their way through the woods, and Disco Steve mentions that his compass is broken now. And that's when they look up and see the silhouette of a park ranger backlit by the moonlight. It's actually not a bad shot for a silhouette. It's probably the best-looking cinematography shot in the whole movie. Um, The girl approaches him asking for help, uh, but uh, for help getting out of the woods, but the ranger doesn't respond. So Disco Steve goes up to him and taps him on the shoulder, the ranger grabs Disco Steve's hand and like twists his wrist, like this is one of those like ah, like twist the wrist. So he's like, you know, his wrist is all bent funny, and Steve's like, oh, yeah, it's it all, hurts. It's your Steven Seagal joint lock, yeah, yeah. Um, so the ranger's like, hey, tells him like you you littered, and Disco Steve tells him, but hey, we're gonna come back and clean it up, you know, later. And Ranger calls bullshit on what Disco Steve's saying, saying like, how are you gonna get out of the woods if you're lost? Which they said they were lost. And Disco Steve pulls out his broken compass. Say, look, we, we have a compass. And Ranger Cowsman saying, yeah, but you don't have a face. And then stabs the broken beer bottle that they had into Disco Steve's face, killing him. And Death. the whole time he's just... <laughs> the Ranger's laugh just gets on my every fucking nerve. And he laughs... All the time. Oh, I know. I swear, it's it's. I I'm glad you said it now because I was gonna say it later. But yeah, he laughs pretty much every time he. It's nonstop. Every time he's on screen or says something, he's laughing all the way through his lines or all the way afterward. It's just nonstop. Just stupid. Laugh. It's not even like a good evil laugh. It's, just, it's so bad and it gets it's, really annoying. He, he, it's not even punchlines. Like how you doing? <laughs> you know, yeah. he's just just laughing after every line. Every line. Uh, so, Disco Steve's dead, broken beer bottle in the face. He, he falls over dead. The girl screams while the ranger stands there laughing some more. She turns to run, but instantly trips. Just as soon as she turns around, boom, she's on the ground. And she tries to get up, but she get, gets grabbed by the ranger. She pleads with him. She's asking for him, like, what did we do wrong? We didn't do anything. And the ranger tells her that they left the campfire smoldering. And says to her that only you can prevent forest fires. He starts to laugh again. Then stabs her in the stomach with something that I think is just like a wooden stick. I don't know because you can't really see it. Yeah. Um, it just looks like a giant Tootsie Roll. Yeah. It just, I don't know. He stabs her with something. She falls to the ground. She's dead. Ranger turns and walks away laughing the whole time. That's it. We roll the opening credits. Which focus on close-up shots of a Bible for some reason, which never really comes back into play in this movie at all. 
Uh, yeah. And there's, some, there's also some, some close-up shots of, like, newspaper articles that talk about, like, a priest that left the priesthood to become a forest ranger. And I guess they're trying to build some background lore here, but none of it pieces together at all at the end of this movie or makes any sense. They never come back to it. They never try to explain it fully. Or, or it, You never guess that this forest ranger was a priest. At some point in the movie, they do talk about, oh, there's some kind of satanic ritual that with dead squirrels and a pentagram. But it's never explained, and it's it never, never comes back. It, it never comes back, and they just... It's so. It, it seems like that's a great hook to at least explain something. Yes, I agree. But like, they okay, don't, they're gonna, they it, don't use it. Yeah, like you know, I thought this could go kind of like you know, a way of like uh, bloody bloody Bible camp where they had a Bible reference, but they did a better job explaining it than like and and a much better job explaining how how it all connected together. This right. one after this credit scene. You, it, you never, it never comes back. You might as well just forget it was ever in the movie because it's pointless. It, it's just dumb. It, it's gone. So we fast forward to present day after the credits, and we meet our four main characters as they cruise down a wooded highway in their convertible, drinking and driving. And I think they're supposed to be 18 because they're talking about schools out, but I don't know if they're supposed uh. to be in graduation. I don't know if they're supposed to be 18, graduating high school or graduating college. I think it's I supposed think to be high school. I think it's supposed to be high school too, but man, that the guy in the back seat looks like he's thirty five with a mortgage and like two yep. kids yeah. working through a divorce. I was gonna say the same thing. They do not look No No. Like if they no. should have just made they they're gonna have a hard time pulling off college age, let alone high yes. school. Um like it, it's insulting, you know, like <laughs> I'm insulted that I'm watching this. And the whole time they're on this joyride, there's incredibly juvenile yes off the charts ridiculously like is this supposed to be funny because it ain't it is not guess who's not laughing this guy yeah uh and probably everybody else like i thought the same thing like again the writing i'm sorry but the writing this movie is terrible we'll get this guy away right now the writing is terrible i'm gonna say it again later the acting is atrocious i'll say that again later i'm sure um and not in a good way. Not not in the good way, but it's right. bad. And like I said, it, the Ryan at this point, they're, they're so juvenile. So I guess it makes you think they're supposed to be high school kids. But nobody really talks like that. And the no. Ryan, like, nobody – and the write that, it, it sounds like this was written when this the guy who wrote this probably wrote this like, when he was in high school or junior high and just held on to it for, for years <laughs> and then finally got around to doing it. I don't know. So we meet our main four characters. We have Bradley, the jokester. We have Beth, who is kind of the overconcerned, good girl, goody two shoes, brunette girl. Mother hen. Yeah. Uh, David, the jock, who wears a fake Letterman's jacket. <laughs> and then we have Chrissy, <laughs> hey, the blind, <laughs> bitchy bimbo, our main four characters so far. So while they're driving, they spot a hitchhiker on the side of the road. At least that's what they call it. Uh, Beth refuses to stop to pick him up. Uh, so which Bradley says, hey, if you're not going to pick him up, that won't stop me from pulling him down. And with that, he stands up in his seat because it's a convertible, pulls his pants down, moons the man on the side of the road while David throws his beer can at the dude. And they're laughing and hooting and hollering like this, the coolest, funniest thing in the world. And they just drive away. Um, as they drive away, it's clearly obvious that the man on the side of the road is the forest ranger. It's 
plain right. obvious by the clothes he's wearing. They don't really do a big job of trying to hide that, if you will, if they're trying to. Um, after they pass him, Beth looks back and he's vanished from sight. He's just gone. Uh, and this scene goes on for a while longer, but it's just yeah. it's just filled it, with it, shitty dialogue. None of it matters. None of it relates really, to the story. Like it's it's so bad. Like I can't emphasize enough how it's bad. Like he gets out a cigarette and he's like, "Ooh, yeah, I'm smoking a cigarette. You want something? Like it's drugs, yeah. you know." And they're all drinking beer, <laughs> like, but these cigarettes are like super cool. Uh, yeah, I love and- how they're drinking and driving like hard, like just not just not caring the world about that. Uh, and again, they, they talk about like, the guy's like, I'm smoking. I was like, he makes a big deal of like why Bradley's smoking. He's like, Hey, I'm, you know, school is over, man. I can do whatever I want now. Again, a very 18, very like 17, just turned 18 attitude. So I'm again, why I think they're that they're high schoolers. Yeah. So eventually they pass this, uh, hand painted sign that reads, turn back abandoned road. At least that's what I think it's supposed to say. But I'm pretty sure whoever painted the sign just fucked it up because instead of abandon, the sign actually reads a band one. It's, and they just, it's clear <laughs> they, it, they ran out of space to put the D on abandoned. It's just no, abandoned it's how, one. It's it, how they spell it in Canada. Maybe. I, I, <laughs> maybe. I would it's doubt that. French that but Canadian, it's that French Canadian saying abandon. Abandon. <laughs> Uh, and if that's the thing, then I will apologize. But I think they just fucked up and ran out of space to put the D on it. Which, how do you leave that in this film? That just turn the sign over and try on the other side. I just fix that shit. That, that shouldn't be in the movie. Um, anyway, night falls. They get lost, and the car breaks down. And they run out. Of, they run out of gas. They run out of gas, forcing the group to grab some of their bags and hoof it down the road to look for some. Now, Somewhere to, after some, you know, and they and they argue a bit as what they're going to do. And, but at they, this point, actually, I'm watching them carry things out of the car down the road, and I thought Marshall must love this because <laughs> every goddamn horror movie we watched before, when they just they're driving and they just make make camp, you always go insane because you never see them unpacking the car and carrying their supplies. Yeah, I, I, I well, I'm sorry, but if you're going to go uh, camping or we're going to go camping and they film you. You better have some fucking gear. You don't just leave the house and show up at a campsite with tents and sleeping bags and cooking equipment, all this shit. You show them having the gear. Like, don't just make it magically appear out thin air. So, yes, they did pull out backpacks from the trunk and, and, and some stuff. Yeah, uh, and I thought to myself, of like, the most common plot device is camping in horror, right? Yeah. I'm just letting them get a pass. You never let them get a pass. And this time they did it right. And so I That's thought like the Marshall one thing they did right in this movie. I will give I will give credit for that. They got that right. But uh, so uh, David decides to take the beer cooler instead of his backpack and his gear and his blanket. Smart man. Yeah. So he takes the beer cooler instead. And as they walk down the road, we see the ranger kind of walk in view, like right in front of the camera, like, just watching them go down the road. Uh, Bradley takes a piss break and uses this opportunity to scare the others, you know, with a jump scare because he's the jokester of the group. So we have Waka. to scare. Well, yeah, the same old jump scare, you know, jump up on a tree, ooga booga, whatever. Um, and again, just goddamn the acting so terrible here. I, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's so it's, bad. It, it, it's only a few minutes of this movie, and it, it start, it's already wearing on me how bad these acting is and the writing. It's just so. Bad. It just it makes you like 
Like, you could use this as, like, instead of lethal injections, you could just make people watch this movie and just let them slowly wither away because, uh, from the soullessness of this movie and the actors. It's so... Yeah, I, I think I aged, like, 10 years watching this. Yeah, it's terrible. So, uh, at this point, the group spots a house in the distance. So, you know, they say, hey, let's go over there. They reach the house. They find it empty. So, of course, they decide to break in and just crash here for the night. Because why not break an entry, too? Uh, and I love they keep calling this, this you know they keep calling it a cabin when it's clearly clearly just like a normal like aluminum siding two story house. <laughs> it's not a cabin. Yeah, it's just it's all. just a house. It's just a house. Bradley tosses his beer bottle away outside. Beth yells at him for littering and says something about what if the forest ranger catches him. So there's no foreshadowing or whatever. Um, inside Bradley scares the girls again. Oh, it's a more, you know, I'm going to jump out and spook them. More shenanigans. Yeah. Once everyone settles down, they decide it's time to break out the beer. Uh, and then comes a knock on the door. Everyone huddles together in the shadows trying to hide. And they all peek around the corner doing like the, you know, like three stooges or Scooby-Doo, like head stacking gag when you yes, peek around the yes. corner. Um, and then they see the silhouette of what they think is the police officer because he's got the old like smoky, the, you know, the, the hat and all that. Yeah, um, like, a, like a state trooper. Yeah, state trooper hat. So they open the door, and now, and this is where we meet the overly chipper and just Mr. Positive Ranger Dan. Very, very uh, Dudley Do Right. Yeah. You know, like, like that, that classic Canadian kindness, you know, like almost, almost a na- naivete, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that very, yeah, very well portrays. said. Naivete, great, great, great word there. Uh, I've been looking at the Thoruses since I've been off. There's a break. <laughs> Uh, Dan says he's just doing his rounds, which is weird because why would a forest ranger be coming up to people's houses? But I guess it's supposed to be a cabin, so whatever. But it's not a cabin because you find out it's a people's house. Like, this is a full-on house that people live in. It's not a cabin in the woods. So it makes no sense of why a forest ranger would be going up to people's homes checking on them. But anyway, he's doing his rounds. He asks if they have seen anything suspicious around and warns them that they have been there have been sightings of a prowler. But it's nothing to worry about. Just some loony the police have been tracking. And because, uh, you know, that makes it sound yeah, he, even He seems so nonchalant about this. Oh, yeah, just a prowler. Some loony they've been chasing for years. Yeah. Years, he said. Years. Years. But don't worry. Nothing to worry about. You're fine. Uh, so, uh, David. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I lost my side. Uh, Ranger Dan says he'll come by in the morning to check on them again. And he wishes them a good night, and he heads off on his merry way. David then grabs a baseball bat that he finds hanging on a gun rack that yes. for some reason is filled with baseball bats instead of guns. So it's really weird, but it. it's, whatever. It's, it's so a baseball rack filled with, or gun rack filled with baseball bats. In Canada. In Canada, yeah, yeah. Which it's, it's like, maybe the States, there'd be some baseball fanatic, but we're talking Canada. This isn't exactly the bastion of baseball. No, it should be hockey <laughs> sticks, if anything, on that rack. Yes, yes. But nope, it's baseball. Um, so, <laughs> uh, the group works out sleeping arrangements. The girls force the boys to sleep together while they take the bedroom, which, so instead of sleeping on the couch or in a chair... Or just going to another bedroom, because this house is like two stories, or it's easy at least three bedrooms in this fucking house. Uh, they said, you know what, let's just sleep on the floor and cut up next to each other head to foot. Like, odd choice there. Like, why would you do that? I, it's dumb. There's couches and chairs right there, but let's sleep on the cold floor. 
Fucking Canadians. So we cut back to Ranger Dan driving his John Deere thingy majig. Uh, it's one of those vehicles that has, it's like a golf cart in the front, but then has like a small truck bed or like flatbed in the back. One They're of those called things. Gators. What? Gators. Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to uh, see them all the time in college. Uh, there's like yeah, a lot of college campuses use them. Over. The, same, the yeah. zoos use them. To the, yeah, it's a, it's a weird like go, golf cart. Like a maintenance guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of thing. Uh, but then he knows that his compass is all messed up with the needles just kind of spinning in circles. So he walks off into the woods trying to figure out his wonky campus because that makes sense. Sure. Um, the park ranger pops, or forest ranger, pops up in front of Dan. Dan's all startled. The park forest ranger just stands there smiling at Ranger Dan for a while. Dan asks the forest ranger, what he's doing here? That, hey, my shift does hasn't ended yet. It won't end for a few more hours, so uh, you don't need to be here. Uh, forest ranger tells Ranger Dan that he's here to relieve him of life. And then, like, everything <laughs> else, he starts laughing like an idiot again and proceeds to break both of Ranger Dan's arms. Then I think he breaks Ranger Dan's back before snapping a small tree in half. This is ridiculous. He breaks up. He goes up to, like, this small, look, thin, small tree. Like, you see him, like, grab, like, and he breaks the fucking tree in half. And then he slams it down on Ranger Dan. I guess, I don't know where, because you don't really see it, but he slams it down on him. you think he'd be dead, but no. Forest Ranger then drags Ranger Dan away into the darkness, who's somehow still alive after his ar- having his arms, his back, and then a tree slammed on top of him. Yeah, I, I kind of love this scene, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let's describe the, the Ranger. He's a thick guy. He's, he's, he's thick. thick. He's not, I'm not, yeah. We're not saying he, he is not, like, big and muscular, but he is thick. <laughs> he looks like he could fuck you up, you know? He's, he's menacing enough. He's a thick boy. Yeah. And he breaks the arms and he does like a fucking Brett the Hitman heart backbreaker. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep it Canadian. Um, and then he smashes yeah, like you said, he tears a like, I guess a 7-8 inch in diameter tree out of the ground and what it looks like, he breaks both his legs. And then he drags him away and as he's being dragged away, Ranger Dan goes, he's dragging me! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> and the whole time he's getting his arms broken, he's going, ouch! Ooh! Owie! <laughs> like, he's literally saying that stuff. It's not yeah. like screaming. But it's, 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 again, is this supposed to be funny? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, maybe this is weird Canadian humor that we don't get. Like, I don't know. I'm starting to think this is a thing. <laughs> it might be. Um, so the next morning, Beth and Chrissy find the two boys snuggled up together on the floor and they leave, they leave the house and we cut to the girls who are now in one piece swimming suits, standing in a pretty pool of water at the bottom of a waterfall. Really nice looking. Yeah, it's very pretty. Beth is, I'm going to quote unquote, washing Chrissy's back with like a loofah scrudgy thing. And I find it seems really odd because they're not like, it's not like they're swimming and frocking in the water, having a good time. Um. So, but she's washing her with a bathing suit. Yeah, on. she's wa- Yeah, that's the, that's what I'm saying. She's washing her, but she has a swimsuit on, and all she's doing is washing her the same spot on her back over and over. And, and there's no like soap on this thing. There's no soap. No, food. It's, it's just, so weird. It's, it's so, so weird. fucking weird. I like why I don't like. You could have bathed at the house. 
Like, if you want to shower, just shower at the play, house. Just have them playing. Just or have just, them hanging out. Yeah, like, have them out there sunbathing or frolicking around, splashing each other, having a good time. It, it's, it's the yeah. oddest choice why they just be standing there <laughs> bathing each other in one-piece swimsuits, not even bikinis. And I like this is, this is, if this is supposed to be, like, the sexy scene, well, they fucked that up because there's nothing sexy about it. It just fails at everything. It's confusing and not sexy and awkward. It's Canadian sexy. <laughs> so anyway, Beth mentions something. Hey, something touched my leg. And Chris is like, hey, it wasn't me. Uh, after some, you know, some more of that shtick, uh, Beth looks down and spots something in the water. The girls scream. Beth grabs it and it turns out to be a rubber latexy Halloween mask that for some reason is just on the bottom of this like riverbed or creek bed, but the pool, this water, wherever this is, just it's just there. Yeah. What? Like, where'd that come from? What? I, yeah, and it's like this is this is the kind of place where you pack out every like all your garbage. Like you don't even shit in the woods. You know, like you pack. Like it looks that nice and that immaculate. It's so incredibly out of place to have this large latex mask. Like just there, it's not like it's a ratty place. It's a pristine looking environment. Yeah, it, yeah. There's no reason for this mask to be there at all. Uh, and it's not like you know one of those things where like the forest ranger wears the mask, or like it's not like something like red herring or like a false. It's, like, just, oh. it's just stupid. It's stupid. Yeah, it's it's just horribly stupid. Um, so the girls and I'm laughing it off, and the Beth tosses the mask onto the shore. And they go back, and then goes back to bathing Chrissy's back, or washing her back again. And now we get some POV shots of someone spying on the girls. We jump back to the uh, uh, the house. The guys wake up at this point. David gets up to see if he can get the power back on. Uh, and during this scene, we find that Brad is a virgin, which becomes a big deal throughout the rest of this movie. They won't shut up about it uh, throughout the whole thing. We go back to the girls, and now they decide, let's go back to the house. And then they hear snapping twigs again coming from the woods. They freak out for a moment. But Beth decides it was just it was nothing that she's just being paranoid about the prowler on the loose. But then Chrissy shouts out that she saw something in, in, in the woods. The girls look and we see a shadow of someone like dashing through the trees, like in the shadows. Uh, the girls freak out and decide the best course of action here is instead of running away to run back into the water. Yeah. And go deeper into the water. So that's what they do. They go deeper into the pool, the river, wherever this is, stop, and kind of huddle up together, kind of hugging each other tight and close. They scream, and they see someone wearing the Halloween mask, which we saw tossed back on shore, emerge under, from underneath the water right next to them. The girls scream and scream. The man removes his mask, and it's fucking Bradley again. Oh my god, I hate this so much. There's no fucking way that there would be a, he'd be able to pull this off. At all. I mean, one, there's no way he gets into the water that deep without being... They're right there. Like, they would spot him immediately. He has to get the mask that they toss on the ground out being spotted. And somehow get into the water, sink himself down there, and hold his breath long enough for this to happen. Like I like how much you got so worked up about it. You shook your head and your headphones are coming off. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> asinine. I hate it. It's so reto- it's so dumb dumb. <laughs> 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 that sounded really bad. Uh but 
<laughs> trying to appease Aaron's sens- sensitivities here, so I'm trying to cut back <laughs> on a certain word. So, <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. So anyway, the whole scene just angers me. The girls get pissed off at Bradley again. Beth tells him that one day he's going to be the boy that cried wolf, and they aren't going to. Ca- no one's going to care anymore. Which maybe something again doesn't really work because he's not faking like getting attacked or getting hurt. He's right, scaring them. So saying he's the boy crying wolf doesn't make sense because well, it 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 it's it's again it's just shitty writing because they're foreshadowing what's going to be happening later on, but it has no bearing on the previous pranks. Yeah, so it's just shitty writing. Yeah, it doesn't. It's really bad. It doesn't make sense. So we cut now. We cut to back to the group at the all they're they're all, they're all together again back at the house. They're eating a meal. I don't know if it's breakfast, lunch. I don't even know what time it is anymore. They're eating a meal. Uh, Beth says the plan is to find some gas for the car and then go home. That she doesn't trust this place. That she feels there's a dark energy looming over the whole place. <laughs> Bradley calls her too paranoid and she just needs to relax. Uh, Beth is also worried that Ranger Dan hasn't come back to check on him yet. Uh, really, like, what? Like, if a bunch of 18-year-old kids, I don't think would be worried that the Ranger didn't come back and check on him first thing in the morning already. They'd probably be like, yeah, that, thank God he didn't come by. Like, who cares? Yeah. They would not I'd be care. happy. I'd yeah. be happy he didn't come back because I don't want to get busted. Exactly. Because uh, remember, we broke in and we're basically broken into somebody's house and we're squatting here now. Right. Let's not have any kind of authority figure come by. Um, so Dave breaks up the tension with a little horse play by giving Bradley a noogie and letting all the girls get on the action. And this bit is just fucking terrible. It's so forced. And again, the acting is absolute garbage here. It, it just drags. Um, Bradley then says he sees someone watching him through the window. But of course, no one believes him because he's always pulling pranks. Well, you, you you pranking 40-year-old virgin, you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he is finally able to get them to turn around, and we do see some guy, another kid, peering in through the window. He runs off as soon as they spot him. Beth shouts out, It's the Prowler! David grabs the baseball bat, runs after him, and the girls force Bradley to, to, to go with David as well. So David and Bradley chase after the guy. They chase him through the woods and out to the road where they find the Peeping Tom and his group of friends who are all posing, like, next to or on the car. Dude, like, it looks like a scene out of a fucking 80s movie. Yeah. It's like a John Hughes movie, like, like def- a John Hughes acting. movie or something. Yes. Or, like, an 80s music video. I mean, the girls are, like, one girl, like, sitting, like, propped up, like, on top of the car, like, on the roof of the car. Another girl, like, leaning yes! up against the hood. And like, and the, the other dude there is kind of standing there with his arms on his hip, like his hands on his hips, like chest out. Like it's a fucking pose, man. Like who? It's so awkward. Like who would just stand around like that? <laughs> I mean, and just waiting. Like here he comes. Okay, everyone, give it, go. Pose. All right, strike the pose now. I was like, all right. <laughs> so now we meet four more characters. Uh, we have Kai, who I think is supposed to be like the cool guy. He's the one that was looking through the window. Uh, Brent, who's the other jock who's slightly chubby and wears a University of Nebraska jacket. With uh, the A turned upside down. Was it turned upside down? Yeah, it was something was off about it. And so the, the first A in Nebraska is turned upside down. It looks like a V almost. Yeah, okay, I think you're right. Maybe, yeah. I, there was it's some... such a weird choice. Yeah. Again, really strange. Really strange. Maybe, uh, yeah. uh, maybe that's their way of getting around any kind of like 
uh, uh, copyright logo. It's, in fr- it's, it's not even. It's not even like the Nebraska Cornhuskers jacket. Well, that's what I it's, thought it was because it's, it's an eighty. It's, it's a. It's red and white. It says Nebraska, so it's, it's obviously the Nebraska Cornhuskers colors. And like an eighty style. And that's that, the jacket is straight up from the eighties. That style. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, first thing I thought was University of Nebraska. That's the first thing that popped in my head. But um, anyway, and then we have Amber, who's another brunette, and then Jenny, another blonde girl. Uh, Amber is pretty much pointless and has, like, no personality. She's just there. Yeah. Um, they make their introductions. The new group explains that they sent Kyle up to the house to make sure that the owners were gone on vacation. And we, at one point in the movie, basically, we learned that this new group of four, they come here every year for the past three years when the owners – leave for their month-long vacation. So they come up here and party while the owners are gone for a month. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was a really odd and awkward shot during this because at one point, um, Bradley asked them why they're here. Like, what are you guys doing here? And then Kyle reaches into their car and he turns his back to the camera, breaches into the car, and when he turns back around to the camera, he's holding up these two cases of beer and says... Why else? And he's holding up his beer, and he stands there, and like in a, it's almost like a freeze frame moment because he stands there, looking into the camera, holding up these two beer cases for a really long time, a lot longer than it should. And the camera just keeps lingering on him and lingering on him, and it's so awkward. Like he's standing there with a smirk on his face, holding these cases of beer, and I, forget, I swear it's like the director just forgot to call cuts. And I swear, like you, right before it does finally change scenes, the camera cuts. You can see, you can literally see Kyle look off camera with his eyes, like looking for the director to like uh, yell "cut" or something. You can see it in his eyes. Like, are we done here? Like, I'm tired of holding these up. It's- this happens. This happens more than once. This happens <laughs> like three or four times to the movie. It's like I got a great idea, and they just freeze. Yeah, it and is it freeze just on stays it. on them. I gotta say that one that's bad directing, but not just bad directing. That's bad editing. Like in right. edit, you can like cut like three seconds of that clip off when you yeah, they're holding that. But, but again, they chose to leave it in. It's so weird. Like why? Why not just cut it out? So nights fall, and both of the groups now are hanging out together. They're all, they're best of buddies all of a sudden, like instantaneously best of buds. They're yeah, hanging out yeah. around a, like a small bonfire, drinking and partying. We get a campfire party montage here. We see everybody's coupled up instantly. Like, boyfriend, girlfriend, fuck buddies. Like, instantaneous. Everybody's paired off just like that. Completely unbelievable, but whatever. And the the groups are mixed. They mix the groups up. Yeah, it's not like like the people who... It's not like Brad and Chrissy who, like, know each other and Beth and David who know each other. No, it's... They intermix the groups. So, like, we have Beth and Brent, the chubby jock. We have David with boring old Amber, Kyle and Chrissy, and then you have Bradley and Jenny. So everybody, that's how that's our pairings up now for the rest of the movie. We cut to the Forest Rangers' lair or his cabin or whatever it is, where the ranger is cooking and eating some kind of meat on a skillet. The camera pans around his lair, and we see tables with like tape outlines of like various murder weapons, and they're labeled like axe and shotgun and bear trap like he has to label his shit and like outline him in tape like it's so weird he's very i guess he's a very organized very organized like, very add you know park yeah. kill psychotic park ranger uh so 
There's also like strips of meat like hanging on a line drying. He's making beef jerky. Like he's making like skin jerky or something. Yeah. So like we, I think I think they're supposed to be portraying that he's eating human. Like he's he's eating that's a what person. They're supposed like maybe eating Ranger Dan or something like that. Right. But, that's, but that's again, the they don't. Impression. They don't really show it. Like, but and so you leave the guess, and that I mean I assume that's what it is. But again, they don't really do a good job of uh really. Yeah, that's that's, that's the that impression. Home. That's the impression I got was that you know he's he's like eating bone off eating off the femur bone and he's cooking. And I'm thinking, of course, well Ranger Dan's fucking dinner right now, so dinner yeah. Dan. So we jump back to the others still at the camp scene and they're still partying to drink. And God fucking damn it, this, this, this shit is so it's bad. The acting's terrible. The writing's terrible. It's filled with bad sexual innuendos, like nonstop sexual innuendos throughout most of this movie. And all of it's but terrible. But they're so juvenile. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's so juvenile. It's not good. And it's not. And the problem is, it's not bad. It's so bad. Not not in the over the top bad, funny like Tara Bloodfart Lake bad. That's so that it's good bad. Just so sucking bad. It's just oh. Uh, I'm anyway. gonna go in the woods and find some marshmallow sticks. I hope you find my stick. Yeah, I'll give you my <laughs> stick. I want a little bit of wood. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. it, that's oh, it's awful. Anyway, Kyle somehow ruins Chrissy's marshmallow stick by knocking it out of her hands. So it's now the stick's just ruined, so I guess, because you can't pick up the stick. But And she forces him to go find her a new one in the woods. So Kyle leaves the group, heads off into the woods at night alone to get a new marshmallow stick for Chrissy. We cut to Kyle in the woods. We get some POV shots of, of Kyle being watched from the shadows. Um, Kyle then breaks his beer bottle that he has on a rock and then tries using like the broken jagged end of it to saw off a small branch from a tiny tree. Just break it, you bitch. Yeah, like just snap it off. Like Who saws with a broken beer bottle? Like That's really the weirdest dumb. thing to try to saw wood with. So dumb. This is very dumb. So he hears a sound. And of course, he thinks it's Chrissy. Like he's like, "Oh, you couldn't wait for me to get my wood, huh? I'll give you my wood, some more shit like that." Uh, we jump back to the others where Brent is now telling everyone the ghost story slash legend of the psychotic forest ranger that haunts and stalks these woods with his magic, <laughs> with his magical compass that always leads him to his victims. <laughs> Uh, we go back to Kyle, still trying to saw off the branch with a broken beer bottle. We see a hand reach out and tap him on the shoulder, still thinking it's Chrissy. He's like, ah, hold on, I'll be right there, girl. The hand taps him again. Kyle stands up, turns around. Upon seeing the person, he drops his broken bottle and says, Oh my God, the legend, you're the forest ranger. The forest ranger then tips his hat and says, At your service. Here, I think this will be sharper, and that he raises an open bear trap over his head, very slowly, by the way. Kyle just stands there watching this. Just just, brings the trap down over Kyle's head while laughing, his stupid laugh the whole time. The kill is off screen, always sees the blood splattering the ranger's face while he laughs some more. Kyle's dead. Is this supposed to be funny? Is this supposed to be scary? Because I'm getting neither. Yeah. I'm getting annoyed. I'm getting annoyed. <laughs> and I'm getting like frustrated with this style. And I'm starting to all of a sudden feel 
this might be a Canadian horror thing. Because I'm starting to get whiffs, starting to get a little smell of fucking gnome mercy. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, motherfucker. Dude, if this is a Canadian horror thing, fuck them Canucks. Yeah, we have not had a whole lot of good luck with um, Canadian horror movies on this show. Um, God bless them. Keep trying, you you lovable Canucks. (laughs) But uh, we have not had good luck with with Canadian horror movies so far. and this is not this was not shaving up to be any better. So uh, we cut back to the others. Chrissy mentions that she sh- she thought she heard someone scream. All the others tell her, "Oh, don't worry about it. Have another beer." So again, very easily forgetting the whole thing about Ranger. Hey guys, there's a, the cows have been looking for a prowler, looking around these woods forever. Hey guys, I heard somebody screaming. Fuck it, have another beer. Fuck it. Fade into the next morning. Beth wakes up in bed next to Brent after their, you know, obviously night of sex. She wakes him up. They head downstairs to join the others. They get some shit uh, for being loud last night, for you know, having loud sex last night. Everybody kind of makes fun of them for that. Uh, they realize that Kyle never showed up last night, but no one is really concerned. No. A, he either got too drunk or B, he, and, or he got too drunk and passed out somewhere. Or see, he's playing a joke on him because apparently he's a big prankster too. So now we got two of them. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, can we get more repetitive? And first of all, if I'm if one of my friends were out last night in the woods and passed out and never came back, I would still be concerned. I wouldn't be like, oh, he just passed out in the woods somewhere. He'll be fine. Like, even if that was what happened, I'd just be like, yeah, we need to go find him. He could be passed out face down his own vomit. He could be something yeah, could happen. Time to go find him. Be- the whole time they're also talking about how this is deep woods, deep wilderness. Yes. And you know, what what's in Canada is fucking bears, wolves, wolverines, shit that can fuck you up. Moose. And elk, like, especially eh. if it's running season. Running season, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, again, don't they don't care about the friend. Um so David convinces Amber to come with him into the woods to gather more wood for the fire and to look for Kyle. Uh, Bradley then also gets Jenny to go in the woods with him too. So we got two couples going off into the woods now. Still uh, making dick jokes. So yeah, so nothing but sexual, bad, bad sex jokes. We cut to David and Amber. David's talking to her about how his compass can't compass isn't working again or isn't working now. So he just throws it away. Like, ah, fuck this thing. He just tosses it. <laughs> Amber, uh, and then tells Amber that he's going to go find water so he can cool off. What? Because he's so upset now. I, oh, my cab is broken. Oh, I gotta go cool off, so I'm gonna go find some water somewhere. And this leaves Amber alone. <laughs> what the fuck? What? Who does that? Like, <laughs> this is the most ridiculous, lazy, shitty writing. Like, <laughs> I'm so mad. I gotta go find some water and cool off. I'm gonna leave your ass alone in the woods, bitch. <laughs> this compass is screwy. Darn it. I'm gonna go cool off in some water I need to find. <laughs> what? God, God damn, damn it. Oh, the logic is. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's nonsensical. <laughs> so cartoonish. Uh. So, and here's where I'm gonna throw a, a point Aaron made earlier I'm about to bring up right now. Amber then decides that while she's waiting. You know what? I'm going to hang up a fucking hammock. Where the <laughs> fuck did she get a hammock from? 
beats the shit out of me. They're walking out. When they leave the house, they're empty-handed. They're walking through the woods, empty-handed. David leaves, but fuck, I got a hammock now. I'm going to hang up in the woods while I wait for him to go cool off. What the shit is happening? Didn't you know all Canadians come standard with a with a hammock up their ass? It's called hammock. Canadian. So, keep in mind, okay, first of all, in this hammock, she, she hangs it up. She's relaxing and swinging back and forth in her hammock, which is a, a, a net. It's a net mesh hammock. Keep that in mind. Uh, she hears twigs snapping. Of course, she thinks it's David. She gets up to look around, calling out for David and Kyle, because he might be out here too. Forest Ranger pops up behind her, grabs her, uh, grabs her shoulder. She spins around, and she's like, oh. And, and he asks her if she has a permit to be camping out here, referring to the hammock. So apparently, hammock means camping. I don't know, but whatever. Amber tells him that she was just out here gathering sticks and needed to take a break because her feet were hurting. With, <laughs> the, <laughs> Jesus Christ. With that, the ranger says, don't worry, I'll let you rest in pieces. He raises up an axe. Amber stands there and screams with her hands up over her face. The ranger, ranger brings the axe down on her. The movie cuts away to Bradley... And Jenny dropping firewood into a pile by the fire pit. I sit down to talk. Bradley confesses how much he likes her and how much like he's in love with her. All of a sudden, even though he just met her like twelve hours ago, and he tells her like, "Hey, look, I'm a virgin." And she tells him that if he plays his cards right, come tomorrow, he might not be a virgin anymore. So, man, that would be so much pressure. Yeah. <laughs> you're a 40 year old version already all right and then you got this girl saying if you do if you play your cards right you'll get some of this puss and it's like <laughs> i would be so nervous and like that auntie has just been raised up i'd be so afraid <laughs> yeah like everything you do like oh my god did i just fuck up my car did i fuck up my hand did i yes. fuck up my hand did i mess up my cards like what did i do right right uh, so we cut to David in the woods calling out for Amber. He hears the voice saying over here. And again, it's clear. It's the forest ranger. It pretend to be Amber. It's blatantly obvious, but the guy falls for it Cause he's a fucked hard. <laughs> David sees Amber spotlessly, spotlessly clean clothes on the ground. So he's like, Oh, all right. So he starts taking his clothes off too. Like, Hey, that's, we're getting, we're going to fuck now. But again, I'm like, how in the fucking hell would Amber's clothes be so goddamn clean when she just got chopped to pieces by an axe? Those right, things should be fucking pristine. covered in you know what? blood. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. They should be drenched in blood. Not, not like they just came out of the laundry. Um, so David then spots some blood on a tree. And like, oh, he backs up. And he looks up and sees Amber's, Amber dead in a different hammock. It's a different hammock. It's not even the one she had. And who hung this hammock up? Where'd it come from? I don't. And, and first of all, this hammock. He looks up, like he blatantly looks up. And this hammock like had to be easy, at least like fifteen to twenty feet up, hanging in the trees, based on the like, where, the camera angles and where. It's like, how the fuck did she even get up there that high? 
Is the Force Rangers carrying around another goddamn hammock that to just throw buys into up there? Because this one isn't her. Hers was a net mesh. This one is like a solid sheet hammock. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I, I told I, you, Marshall. Standard issue Canadian. <laughs> they all come with hammocks. They all come with hammocks and a, and a case of Labatt Blue, I guess. Or... <laughs> Molson's, yeah. <laughs> so uh, David backs away, bumps into the Ranger. David spins around, fist raised. He tries to punch the Ranger, but the Ranger catches David's fist and crushes his fist in his hand, saying, you shouldn't crack your knuckles or you'll get arthritis. And then headbutts David in the face while laughing. We cut to David waking up tied to a tree. The Ranger walks up, holding an axe, and tells David that he just wants to help David gather some firewood. Um... Assume, again, I'm assuming that's another dick joke. Uh, with that, the ranger hacks into David's crotch with the axe. That's why I assumed it was a dick joke. The ranger continues to chop away at David, who's screaming out in pain. This may be the best. Honestly, this is probably the best performance during a kill in the movie. Like, it's not I, great, I agree. Yeah. But it's probably the best one we get. Uh, uh, so the ranger, at this point, has... Uh, we cut to the aftermath again. He's just chop, 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 and this cuts away. And we cut to the aftermath, and we see that the ranger has chopped David in half. David's upper half lays on the ground, and then after a moment, the, the, the fake stuffed legs collapse to the ground that were still leaning up against a tree with, like, the intestines on top of them. And not the worst effect for a low-budget movie. The legs, and I, the legs look and, really bad, but the, the, the intestines and the blood, not that bad. I, it wasn't, it was, it's probably the best effect and thing in this movie. Yeah, I also liked that the ranger did chop him up, and before he dies, like, God help us all. And before his body falls over, he goes, Timber! Yeah, he does say Timber. body falls over. That that one was a decent one. Yeah, I was like, like, okay, right on. And it gave me a little hope. Just a little boost. Just a little bit. Just just a little bitty bitty bit. Just just a scooch. Uh, We cut back to Beth and Brent in the kitchen. Bradley and Jenny enter the house now. Beth says that she's out of dish soap, but Brent mentions that he has some in his car because, of course, don't all college kids keep dish soap in their fucking car? Like, what? Really? Like, this is... Why even write this? Of all things, if if you need an excuse to send somebody out to a car, don't make it be dish soap. 18-year-old kids aren't going to give a shit about, oh, I'm out of dish soap. It makes it, oh, I left my my lighter out there or I have another blanket out there or I have, you know, maybe I have a bag of chips out there. Something you don't, don't dish soap is the lamest fucking excuse I've ever heard for somebody to go out to a car and get something, especially for 18 year old kids that nobody has a dish soap in their car. <laughs> so and at this point, the Canadian really starts coming out in these scenes in the dialogue. Yes. You the, the because of all the people saying, I have it out in my car. I have to go outside. All the outs really becoming oots. You're oots. really starting to hear that I have to go outside. It's yeah. really becoming very, very Canadian obvious at this point. So they all make Chrissy go out to the car because at this point she hasn't done anything to help with the, the, the dishes or the cooking. or and she, hasn't, she hasn't done anything. It's like, you're going to go get it. So she gets to the car. She struggles to open the trunk with the keys. While she struggles with the key, she keeps hearing twigs snapping in the woods around her. Which, although at this point, there's really not much woods around her. It's a pretty open area. 
but yeah, there's twigs snapping in the woods. So she hops into the back seat of the car and like looks out and sees a little kitten sitting there that came out of nowhere. Yeah, like what really we're doing? Whatever. So Chrissy lets it out a sigh of relief and sits back. But then she looks, she sits back to relax and she looks over to her right and she sees the fucking Forest Ranger sitting next to her in the back seat. And I'm like, what the fuck? Just Here we go again. How in the hell did he get in the car without being seen? And even better yet, how the fuck did she not see him to get in? Because she would have been looking directly at his chubby ass to get into the car in the first place. This yeah, is this, so goddamn. This is a big boy. This is a big boy. And, and, and no keep in mind, it's, it's a two door car. It's not. A, it's not a four door. It's one of those two door. We had to push this drive the seat forward to the, and then they had to crawl in. So a yeah, big boy it's, it's doing like that is not easy. Riviera. It's like my old Riviera. Yeah. My old Duster was the same way. Uh, yeah. But you love that car. I did love that car. My Geo Storm was that way too. I love both those cars. So anyway, oh. it's fucking goddamn stupid, and I hate it's so dumb. The Ranger holds up the keys and says, "Looking for these? Let's see if this one fits." And with that, we get what be maybe the all-time worst and lamest kill we've ever had on this show. The Ranger stabs her to death with a goddamn car key. A fucking car key! Which, just like the rest of the kills, we don't really see. All we see is him stabbing something and blood splattering on his face while he laughs like an idiot again. Uh, he does say, I think I found the key to your heart. And the camera He maybe co- stabs her about six or seven times. Yeah. With, a, with maybe a half an inch of a key. A, no way would this kill anybody. This... It was. I was sitting there watching this. I'm like, okay, how many times is he going to stab her? Because it's got to be 200, 300 times probably he's got to do this. Yeah. After about seven, he just like <laughs> gives up and she's dead. First of all, yeah, there's no way you could kill someone. Like, they wouldn't be strong enough to like break through the, the, the breastplate, the sternum, the, 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 the get to her heart. Because I got the key to your heart. Because he's supposed to have stabbed her in the heart, I guess. But when they show, finally show Chrissy... First of all, the camera, it cuts to her dead body, which, and it looks fucking bad. Uh, considering the amount of blood we saw splatter on the ranger, all we see on her is like a little bit of blood, one tiny little hole on her chest, which one is above where her heart would be. Uh, and I'm, so I'm guessing that's where she, it looks more like a small bullet hole than, than a stabbing. Yeah. And, and that, and plus the fact that there's hardly any blood on her at all. And what blood there is on her is, like, coming from her mouth, not the stab wound. Like, and on top of it all off, you can see her breathing. The actress didn't hold her breath for the shot. You can see her chest going up and down. She's breathing when she's I supposed to be part. dead. <laughs> I missed that. I missed that. You know, and it's, it's such a lazy – this is something that's an easy thing to do. The guy's a thick fuck. Just grab her by the neck and squeeze, and you can still do the stab. You know, you can still have that pun, but it would make more sense if he was just, like, strangling her slash stabbing. That would make it much more menacing, Or, you I know think. what could work with the, sta- or the key? Stab her eyes out. Stab her in the eye with a key. Or, you know what? Grab her by the throat, drag her halfway out the car, and slam her head in the car door or something. 
Anything is better than stabbing somebody with a fucking car key. This is going on my wall of shame if we had one for, like, lamest kills we've ever seen. I doubt we're going to find one that tops this anytime soon. It's car definitely key up is, there. This is the worst I've ever seen. It's definitely up there. So we jump back to the others sitting around a table. They're talking. Beth's worried about all the missing people now. Uh, but still, everyone was like, ah, chill out. There, it's no nothing to worry about. You know, that old shtick that, it, you know, rinse and repeat that. Bradley goes uh, to yell out to Chrissy to grab more beer from the car. But when they look out the window, no one can see Chrissy. Uh, again, with the car being that close to the house, don't you think they, they should be hearing Chrissy screaming as she's getting stabbed with a fucking key? But no, that doesn't happen. They're too, they're too busy cranking a Lance more set. Yeah, <laughs> Brian Adams and Last More said, cranking that shit up, <laughs> and some crash test dummies. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Brent looks in the trunk. Now, they, they all got to the car. Now, Brent looks in the trunk to find that everything is gone, and he goes to grab another bat from the gun slash bat rack, and tells that tells the others that he's had enough of this prank. That uh, that even he's. And at this point, he even goes to break it down how they're pulling this prank off, and that all the others are partying with his beer at his expense. Like he breaks, oh, where well, they did this, and then they did that. He break, he breaks it down, and he he's getting irate at the idea that they stole his beer and they're off partying without him. So Bradley tells Brent that he has a better idea on how to get back at Kyle and the others, and we cut back to them inside the house, sitting at the table. Bradley tells him that the one thing he's learned from his time as a practical joker is that there's nothing worse to a practical joker than when the joke doesn't work. So he suggests that they do nothing about them at all and that they should have their own party and fun forcing the others to give up their prank and come back to join them. So I love how they really make this like they I got a great idea. It's like, what is it? And they cut to inside. Like, you're waiting for him. Because, like you said, the jock broke it down. Very elaborate. They even had cut scenes. Yeah. For his fantasized like flashbacks. Like, <laughs> so, you're thinking, okay, here comes even a bigger, more exp- Like Because they even cut to it. It's like, okay, what's the plan? He's like, do nothing. Why did we go inside? Why do we have to do that? Yeah. I agree. I was, like, you do that as a plot device to make it, like, even more elaborate. But he says, don't do anything, bro. God damn it. Yeah. It's, and I, I don't understand. And, again, like, they, they show the, like, flashback scenes of people. Like, I get that's not needed. Because we just, it's been only been, like, five minutes since that all happened, maybe. Like, but we, that's why I thought it would be more elaborate when we went back inside for the even the bigger plan. Yeah, I, it, it, they said out like it's gonna be some kind of like Ocean's Twelve, Ocean's Eleven, yes. like elaborate plan. But no, it was like we're gonna do nothing. Um, so anyway, that's what they do. Brent pulls out some bottles of liquor from. So instead of beer, now they start hitting the hard stuff from. I guess they find in the house. Beth grabs some more marshmallows and out to the fire pit they go to party. Uh, Bradley at one point leaves to go find some more marshmallow sticks. Um, in the woods, he's, he's alone in the woods now at night. He comes across Kyle's half naked body strung up to a tree by numerous bear traps, which I find odd. Yes. He was killed by a bear trap to the head, 
but why would the Forest Rangers strip him down? Like, that's a little weird. He was not naked when he was killed. Like, this was done post death. Like, the Rangers like, I'm going, I'm going to take his clothes off and hang him to well, the tree. Well, he, he stripped the girl down in the woods. And I guess he's well. That down. I thought was as he, he stripped the girl down as bait. Like I'm gonna leave the closer to make the guy think she's naked to, to draw him in closer. But yes, he did strip her down. But this is just weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, where was I? Oh yeah, uh, Bradley rushes back to the others, and, and he's like, "Guys, yeah, you gotta come with me." Uh, and they get back to the spot where Kyle's body was, and of course, the body is gone now. Just he's gone. The bear traps are gone. The rope's gone. All and gone. this draws and matter- the ire of Blake. He can't take it anymore. Yeah. Because now Brent. Brent, cu- pardon me. Uh, Brent accuses Bradley of being in cahoots with the others. And that he led them away from the party, the, the, the campfire, so the others could come in and steal their booze and marshmallows. That's <laughs> I- <laughs> so stupid. I just can't with this, man. I, I just let that sink in. Somebody wrote this shit down on paper and said, "Let's film this." Like, let that sink in. Like, this is the stupidest. Like, whose brainwaves? <sighs> this guy is supposed to be a college kid, or at least, yeah, college age kid. And he's like. All you fuckers are out to get me. You led me out here to, so the others could steal my beer and marshmallows. I'm fed up with this. I'm sick of it. Like, oh, so he's so pissed he punches. He yeah, Bradley. he punches Bradley in the face, and then they hear twigs snapping. Brent thinks it's all the other, you know, and he yells at them to. He starts yelling out to them and threatening them. He's like, I'm gonna kill you. I give me back my beer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, get you, get guys. you hosers. So, they head back to camp. He heads back to camp, followed by Beth. Jenny magically somehow finds David's camp compass on the ground, which in the dark, by the way, just it's a compass in the middle of the night or dark woods, and she happens to just perfectly find it on the ground. So, Bradley decides to follow the compass to whatever has been making the compasses act up. The same logic that Ranger Dan had. Oh, my compass is broken, so let's follow it. You can't really follow a broken compass really well, guys. Like, what are you going to do with it? Like, so, whatever. That makes perfect sense, and that's what they do. Bradley and Jenny end up at the ranger's lair or cabin or whatever, where he finds Chrissy's makeup compact on the ground. Because, yeah, sure. Meanwhile, Brent lights a fucking log on fire. Not just like a, a stick, a log. A massive log on fire. It's like half a tree. It is like half a tree. And heads off into the night to look for the others with Beth following at his heels. So now the movie goes back and forth between the two groups. And Bradley and Jen are looking around at all the horrific stuff in the ranger's lair. While Brent and Beth are sneaking around the house with his log torch. And again, I think it's a little hard to be sneaky if you're trying to sneak up on somebody when you have a giant flaming tree in your hand. I mean, it kind of gives you away there, buddy. But <laughs> whatever. Um, so in the lair, Jenny says something like, "What? Uh, like, what if the prowler is Ranger Dan? 
And that would explain why he never came back to check on them. Which makes zero fucking sense. Because she wasn't there when Ranger Dan showed up at the house and said to the first the other, the other first four kids, like, hey, I'll come back and check on you in the morning. Chrissy hasn't been even introduced in the movie yet. She has wasn't there to know this. Like, she wouldn't know that information. But here she's like, oh, that's why I never came back. Because... You know- it's it's pretty funny because when that part happened, I thought the same thing, but I was so exhausted. I'm like, Fuck it. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> so back to Brent sneaking up to one like the corners. He's sneaking up to the one of the house the corners of the house. And the ranger pops around the opposite side of the corner and they're face to face now. The ranger asks Brent what he's doing carrying a flaming log and if he has a permit for fire. Meanwhile, Bradley and Jane decide they have to race back to warn the others, and Bradley grabs a shotgun that they found in the Ranger's lair on the way out. The Ranger tells Brent to give him the flaming log, which Brent does. He's like, okay, here you go, take it. Um, And something is said that makes Brent think that the Ranger is in on the prank. So this guy has, like, lost his fucking marbles. He is, he's, like, insane now. He has he has been so enraged by this prank that he has lost his goddamn mind because he thinks the Forest Ranger is in on the prank now, and so he he gets mad. He's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you because you took your in on this prank. I can't take it anymore." And he, so the Ranger then swings the flaming log at Brent. But hold on to your butts. Hold on, because Brent now turns into fucking chubby Jean-Claude Van Damme from, like, Bloodsport or something. George St. Pierre. Yeah, you go, George St. Pierre, a Canadian. Yeah, there we go. He ducks under the flaming log and delivers a spinning back kick to the Ranger's gut. (coughs) Okay, follow me, guys, on this. All right, try to visualize this in your head. So, ducks under the flaming log, spinning back kick to the Ranger's gut. He then goes into a fighting stance, like straight up like Street Fighter fighting stance, and he starts backing down the ranger who's holding a flaming tree while screaming, Come on! Come on! Come on! And Brent then punches at the ranger. The first punch misses, but his left hook hits the ranger in the face. He follows that up with a spinning axe kick uh, to the ranger's face as well. Then a sidekick to the Ranger's gut, followed by a double, like, Hadouken punch to the chest. Yes! Like, it's like, Hadouken! Like, this is double-fisted punch to the chest. Then a, then a quick knee to the face, followed by like, a series of rapid-fire chest punches. And he tops it all off with a leaping, flying jump kick to the chest. The ranger is still standing after all this, but Brent then does a spin move, like a spinning dodge move. He kind of like spins around the ranger, and then he throws and lands like a solid uppercut to the ranger's like chin or something. At this point, the ranger falls to the ground. His hat comes off. Beth is like cheering from the side, like, yay! Brent then taunts the ranger, saying, why do you think I wear this varsity jacket? I'm the captain of the wrestling team. Whoa. All right. First of all, dude, that's not a varsity okay. jacket. That's okay. like a cheap gotta, knockoff I gotta, I gotta, I gotta starter jacket. I got I to gotta jump in here. I got to jump in here. 
that whole scene was so ridiculously fantastic. Yeah. I love that scene. <laughs> I mean, he, he throws that spinning back kick, and he's like, come on! And the <laughs> Ranger looks scared. Yeah. And the whole time, dude, the moves aren't bad. They're really not. And then he does this fucking Liu Kang, like, flying kick. Yeah. And his fucking, like, loafer tennis shoes. Yeah, he's wearing, he's wearing, he's wearing like, those, like, just, like, slip-on pile of shoes. Yeah. And then he, he beats him down and throws off his jacket and goes, I'm the captain of the high school wrestling team. Oh, like and wrestling like, team, dude. Shit. There's no wrestling, wrestling there. There was like a double A takedown. That was like fucking Taekwondo, Ninjitsu, <laughs> Jeet Kune Do, some crazy <laughs> bullshit, man. There was no nothing wrestling about that. <laughs> what kind of wrestling do they do in Canada? Yeah. <laughs> that was, it, it's crazy bonkers, man. It's fucking insane. I loved it though. Yeah, I, I won't lie, like I kinda did too. It just it's <laughs> fucking nuts. Uh anyway, the Ranger gets up, he spins around to face the camera, and now his eyes are glowing red. Yeah. So seeing <laughs> the glowing red eyes, Brent now realizes that it's the crazy like, it's the crazy forest ranger. Uh, the ranger picks up the, the the log, which is no longer on fire, by the way. It, the flame's just gone. That died off. Says to Br- says to Brent, get a life, not, and then throws <laughs> the log like a javelin at Brent. The Ranger pulls a not joke straight from like the fucking nineties in two thousand and eleven, like a Borat not joke, like a Wayne's World not. <laughs> I mean, it is Canada. They get things a little later, I guess. I- I just couldn't believe it. I was like, what? They really include, like, again, it made me think that this guy wrote this script when he was, like, back in junior high in the 90s or something like that. Like, and a lot just left it in there. Like, a not joke? So, the ranger throws this fucking tree, this tiny tree, <laughs> like a javelin at Brent. The log completely impales Brent through the chest. Brent falls over dead. Beth screams and runs away. The ranger kindly puts his hat and sunglasses back on and just stalks after Beth, who is running to the house. Uh, He corners her in the kitchen, says to her, Coming back for seconds? (laughs) He grabs Beth by the wrist. Because we're in the kitchen, of course. Beth then... This is so awkward. This scene is so bad looking. And yeah. He grabs Beth by the wrist, and what I guess is supposed to happen is that I guess it's supposed to be like he's f- overpowering her and forcing her to the ground. But what we see is that Beth is like slowly and already lowering herself to the ground, and on her way down, she reaches up and opens the refrigerator door <laughs> to like so it blocks her from view. Like again, this is a shitty camera work. Like why are you filming it from this? Like you clearly said she's lowering herself and she reaches up to grab the fridge door and opens it and and she's behind the fridge door you can't see her anymore. yeah now you can't see her she's behind the fridge door so the ranger then goes over to the fridge and pulls out this giant like pot of like chili or something and says this stuff is to die for (laughs) and then kills beth by smashing just like smashing her skull with this pot like just drops it on her head we don't see I mean, it because the fridge door is blocking, but he kills her with a pot of 
chili or something. Yeah, we don't see it. I mean, it's just something that we assume happens. Again, I don't think that would that would hurt. It might hurt your nose, give you a bit of a mark, but <laughs> I don't see driving a pot on your head would kill you, even if it is full of chili. But whatever. At this point, Bradley and Jenny return to the house. Also, let me ask you this. At this point, were you were you surprised that Beth died at this point? Because to no. me, I just based on the way they the introductions of the characters, I thought Beth was going to be the last girl. Cause she was you thought goody, she was going to be the final girl? Yeah, because she was and the goody this... two-shoes once, so I was like, I'm good, good. but she does bang Brent, but still, like, I thought she was going to be the I thought she was going to be the final girl. I felt that when she banged Brent, all bets were off. It basically just turned into they're all the same. They all have equal kind of things. And actually, you know, when they started talking about the virgin character, I thought he was going to be, you know, when they were talking about he was a virgin, they were really focusing on his virgin angle. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, well, he's the virgin. He's probably going to he may be the final girl, you know. That's true, but it's just like, it's so girl. weird that when Jenny and Brad, Bradley and Jay are the last two alive, and that Jenny's the final girl, because we didn't even meet her to like halfway through the movie, you know? Well, it, it just becomes Brent becomes, or Bradley is the final Bradley. Yeah. It's just weird. I just, but anyway, I just, anyway, so they return to the house and not seeing anyone around. They, they kind of argue a little bit about what to do next. And Bradley tells her they have to kill Ranger Dan. And Jay's like, you know, just, I'm scared. I, I don't know what to do. The Ranger pops up from fucking nowhere. Now at this point, grabs Bradley by the neck, Lifts him up off the ground with one hand. Bradley drops... They're back outside now, too, by the way. Um, Bradley drops the shotgun, which Jenny picks up. She asks the ranger what he did with Ranger Dan. The forest ranger responds, asking her if she's ever heard of the circle of life while still laughing like a moron. Um, Jenny warns him to stay back while asking him what he did with her friends. The ranger says, you know... What they say, if you can't beat them, eat them. Waka waka. <sighs> so now, okay, yeah, kind of, again, hammers on. Okay, he was eating Ranger Dan, or some, yeah. or some, a body at some point. Right. Um, Jenny backs up, trips over Brent's dead body. Bradley scrambles up, uh, rushes over to her, p- picks up the shotgun that she dropped. The Ranger. Holds up a coiled up length of rope now that he got from nowhere. Just magic. This guy pulls out more weapons from nowhere than it. It's fucking crazy. Um, I was saying. Um, well, hold on. Let me see. You wrote down all his puns. No, yeah, I'm trying. Oh, yeah, but wait. Right, okay, I just the way I wrote is weird. So he says, "What are you guys not having a good tie in?" Uh, uh, so it's, it's supposed to be like not having a good time. But he says tie in because he's like, I'm going to tie you over the rope. So it's a really awkward pun, but... It's really bad. It's really, really bad. So Bradley tells Ranger that they're going to call the cops and have him locked up. He orders the Ranger to put his hands up. So the Ranger then slowly raises his hand, still holding onto the rope. But then with all the speed of a sloth, he ta- tries to <laughs> lasso Bradley. Bradley shoots the Ranger... Then grabs Jenny and they run inside the house. The ranger stands up at his gunshot wound on his arm, which looks more like he got shot with like a tiny, like a little twenty-two caliber, like a, like a tiny little BB gun or something, rather than a fucking shotgun at nearly point-blank range. Yeah, he's got like a little hole in his, his just a little hole, arm. just a little hole. Like his arm, half his arm should be 
gone. Not just his arm, but half of him should be gone. Like he, that was a point-blank shotgun range. Um, inside, Bradley tells Jenny that he doesn't want to die a virgin. She tells him that if they make it out of here alive, or uh, we make it out of here alive, that <laughs> he'll lose his virginity so fast it won't even be funny. Uh, so they run off to hide. Outside, the ranger breaks the shotgun in half over his knee like Jose Canseco breaking a bat. He's fucking Bo Jackson. Bo Jack, yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, Bradley and Jenny, we see them hiding in a closet in a bedroom. Uh, and the ranger then starts chopping through the bedroom door with his axe, doing his best, like the sh- Jack Nicholson, the shining impression. Um, but instead of saying, you know, here's Johnny, he says, I just want to ask you a few questions. Question. Followed by more of his stupid laughing. Uh, he reaches in to unlock the door, but stops when the sounds of police sirens are heard outside. So he cuts to this local cop, getting out of his, his cop car outside the house. Bradley and Jenny try to warn the cop, but they can't get out of the room, saying that the ranger jammed the door with his axe. Everything about this scene pisses me off because it's so logistically wrong. Or not wrong, but easily fixable. Then they don't do it. So... Even if the door knob is jammed with the axe, there's a giant hole in the door from where he chopped through yes. it. Yes. You could easily reach your arm through there, grab the axe, and unjab the door, and guess what? Now you have a fucking axe in your hand, your arm. But no, they don't do that. So Jenny goes over to the window and finds that the window, the glass window, is stuck and won't open. But like I said, it's a fucking glass window. Just break that shit open and yell yeah, out to the cop. This is what he says. This is what fucking Bradley says. He says, hand me that hammer. And I'm like, okay, he's going to smash the window. Oh, we're no, coming. he uses it to, like, break the lock. Yes. So he can open the door. That happens. Yeah, that, that happens a little after a scene with the cop. But I was told, yes. Toying with that. Instead of just sm- taking the hammer and smashing the glass, he's, like, hitting the goddamn lock open to get the door. This is the, you break the fucking glass, dude. Take a chair and chuck it through there. Like, the stupidest fucking thing. Like, who does that? <laughs> now is not the time to be, like, dainty and, like, and be worried about breaking a window. Like, Jesus. You know, those Canadians are just overly polite, you know? I it's guess. Like, boy, oh, boy, jeez, my life is in danger. Oh, gosh. I hope I, you know, hope I survive. I better not break this glass, though, you know, because uh, that could set up, set the pretty penny back for the people who own the house. Oh, jeez, eh? Yeah, I. That's my best Canadian. That was good. I just, I'm just so frustrated at this scene because like, it's, uh, like, I'm pretty sure what happens is like, like, um, we can't really break the window because we don't have the money right. to replace it in the budget. But if that's the case, then I don't know. Do something don't else. Don't use it. But it's a window. Like, it can't be that expensive to replace a window or something. I mean, I don't know. Or just get going like, just, a, just don't, don't write that then. Yeah. Do or you know what? Find different. an old. Just shoot, shoot it from a different angle. Shoot, like, get, find some old crappy window somewhere, like in a junkyard or, or like someone, someone that someone dis, disregarded. And just get close how, of, a, of a hammer, smashing it, and then go back to them. Like you don't have. How like, about this? How about this? Don't have it locked. That's true. Because it didn't cause any. Like, there was like it, it. It cost them like what thirty seconds of time. Yeah. It was just a dumb, dumb, dumb decision. Yeah. So. um... During, outside the cop spots the ranger and orders him to stop. The ranger's like, is there a problem? They exchange some shitty dialogue, just like the rest of them. It's horribly bad. It's horribly acted. It, it's atrocious. Uh, 
All right, then, um, okay, now we get the hammer in the window. That, that happens now. Um, eventually, they do get the window open, uh, and, and he, Bradley and Jane start shouting out the window to the cop. They yell, out to the, they yell out that the ranger's a murderer who killed all their friends, and they locked him up in the house. They locked us up here. Uh, the ranger makes the move for the cop's gun. They struggle the fight for the gun. The cop is able to get a shot off, shooting the ranger in like the upper chest, kind of like pectoral area. Area, uh, but this barely even phases the ranger, who just wipes his hand through his blood, and then like flicks the blood into the cop's face. Like he just flicks his fingers, and the blood like goes into the cop's face, and uh, he, and, he must and be the part blood, alien. He must be part the, alien. Oh, he said, and, and for some, he says something like the ranger says, "Blood, it's in you to give, like, like give blood." Ha ha! Again, bad joke. Uh, and the blood, as soon as it hits the cop's face, begins to burn the cop's face. And he's, we hear like a sizzling noise, and the cop screams, It burns! It burns! He drops his gun. The ranger says, Here's blood in your eye. <laughs> Blinded by the burning blood, the cop starts swinging his nightstick blindly at the ranger, which you can clearly see is, a, is so rubbery because it, it's just flopping all over the place. <laughs> Uh, the ranger easily just dodges this, and then the cop then decides to charge, blindly just charge at the ranger, who just sidesteps away, which causes the cop, instead of just running forward and not hitting anything, causes the cop to, like, dive forward and, like, just go flying to the ground. It's so unintended. It doesn't, it's so weird. Um, the ranger picks up the nightstick, which, which, uh, the cop swinging it around, we can clear, like, it's all rubby. Um, he says to the cop, they told, you know, they, they told you to leave. Oh, well, in one ear, out the other. And that the ranger stabs a nightstick into the cop's right ear and, and, and through his head, making it come out his left ear altogether. Uh, mind cop, you, a nightstick jammed through the entire head yeah. of this motherfucker. Yeah. So we're talking instant death, right? Yeah, it should be instantaneous death a hundred percent uh but for some reason he dies slowly wiggling and jiggling yeah and uh so he dies and the the, uh, for some reason my notes here now have gotten cut off and ruined so i got i'm gonna have to free ball uh the rest of this but i think i oh i I know what happens yeah i can do this the the cop slowly dies uh he turned the ranger turns attention back to uh, Bradley and uh, what's her tips? Jenny, who I think at this point have gotten in one of the cars and have hot managed. Bradley has managed to hotwire the car. Somebody hotwires the car together, and uh, he, he gets a start. He turn, looks in the back in his rearview mirror and he sees the Ranger standing behind the car and he says, "Objects in the mirror closer than in the, than they appear." He throws in reverse, slams on the gas, sends the car racing in reverse to run over the forest ranger. And again, the editing looks like it, it's clear like the cops are only like ten feet behind the car. But the way they edit this, it makes it like the the, the car goes like at least like fifty to seventy five feet before it hits the cop. Like, there's so much drawn out useless footage, yeah, cuts here that may it really extend the scene long. It should just be smack. He's dead. Anyway, they roll over the car. The, uh, they hit the car. The ranger with the car. The ranger goes flying backwards. 
They get out to check on him, and we see that the ranger has been flown backwards and somehow impaled through some kind of like broken Tree wooden beam or something. Uh, yeah. I don't know what this beam is from, but it's got a wooden beam impaled through his chest. I thought it was like a tree branch, but yeah, something like that. Yeah, at first I thought it was a tree branch too, but I look more and look, it's like, it's like an actual like shaped wooden beam, like like a from like a deck post or something like that. I don't know. Hey, you know what? You know what? I don't care because we're almost there. We're, we're almost, almost there. there. Almost there. So uh, they're like, oh, thank God he's dead. Um, let's go. And Brian's like, hey, you know what you said? If we survive the night, you know, and, and Jane's like, well, I did promise oh. that. I hate to break a promise. And Brian's like, yeah, we don't want to start off our relationship on broken promises now, do we? So they get back in the car, and she reclines the seat in the back, you know, all the way down, and he hops on top, and they start going to pound town in the car. So we get an outside shot. The cars are rocking. It's, it's, it's rocking and rolling all over the place. And then behind them, we see the headlights of another car turn on. Uh-oh. Uh oh! Bradley looks up from banging her. He looks up, and he's you know the headlights are shining in on him. And we see the Forest Ranger sitting behind the wheel of this other car, laughing like he always does with his eyes glowing red. He throws the car into drive, and, and again he races toward. Again, they do the same effect. The car is only like maybe fifteen feet away from this car, but they edit it to make it look he's got like a good like quarter mile of, yeah. uh, of rev up. <laughs> Of speed up time, like he's just gonna, he's getting all this build up. No, but that's how it makes it look. And the whole time, Bradley's just like laying there. You see Jane's legs up in the air, and Bradley's like, so tired. He put his arms up in his from his face. The headlights come in, and it's in slow motion. The cops like, ha 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 ha. And you can clearly see that the cops car, the car the Rangers in is not really driving. It's just somebody's off camera, like shaking it from <laughs> off the screen. And um, he cut away. You hear an explosion. It, it, it cuts away. Boom! Explosion is heard. And it cuts to Ranger Dan lying in the grass of, in the woods somewhere, still somehow alive. We see a wheel, like a tire and a wheel go bouncing on fire, go bouncing by Ranger Dan. Ranger Dan pulls out like a Zach Morris, like 80s yes! cell phone. What? Where'd this come from? He's had this the whole time. He's just now pulling this fucking thing out. Not after, He's waiting like a good... 12 or more hours since he's been assaulted and brutally attacked. Like, like two days. Yeah, two days before he's uh, decided to pull this thing out. And without even dialing it, he just pulls it up and starts talking into it like there's somebody already there. He doesn't dial it. <laughs> he just starts talking. He's like, he's like, they're dead. The ranger. They're all dead. The rangers. The stories are true. It was the ranger. Ah! Or something like that. And the camera, yes. and the camera pans up, up to him, up into the night sky. Fade to black. Roll the credits. Ugh. That's the fucking legend of the fucking Forest Ranger right there. That's uh, what should be called the fucking legend of the fucking Forest Ranger. The legend of the psychotic Forest Ranger is now over. <laughs> Goddamn. Ugh. So, with that said, let's move on to favorite kills. Don't act like you didn't love it. Favorite kill. I, I know what it was not gonna be. <laughs> I know that for sure. But uh, uh, favorite kills for the, the Legend of Psychotic Forest Ranger, Aaron. What do you got this week? Well, before I get into my favorite kill, I do gotta make a slight correction. You did a great job of closing it out by not looking at your notes, but you did forget a part 
where before they get into the car to escape, the ranger is over them. After he gets up from being impaled, and he's about to kill Bradley, and out of nowhere, there's a gunshot that rings. Yes! Out. Oh, yes, the, the cop! Head. And the cop says, not on my watch. As he has a goddamn nightstick to Yes, thank you. How could I forget that? The cop, who should be dead, comes alive, shoots the ranger in the head, square in the forehead, from an awkward angle, by the way. Guy's got tremendous aim. And right. then dies, but, but gets just a not on my watch, and then dies again. Yeah, not only does he have the wherewithal to survive, pull off an upside-down, upward shot, and then he has just enough life left to say, not on my watch. Yeah, and then he dies again. Oh, I can't believe I ever forgot about the cop, but yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, so... Jesus Christ. All right, so what's your favorite favorite kills, man? My favorite kill is... uh, I, I don't remember any of these fuckers' names. I don't care. Um, it was the guy who got tied to the tree and chopped in half. That I actually liked. I did like that kill. Um, I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, it was the best effect. Uh, it had somewhat of originality. I really haven't seen it before, like having a guy tied up and chopped all the pieces and falls in two. I liked it. That was my favorite kill. Um, yeah, uh, actually, I, I agree with you, too. That, that was mine as well. It, and it was David. His name was David. Um, yeah, that's the best. It's, it's the best shot movie or best shot kill in the movie uh that's the one they i guess they actually spent their time on and wanted to do right, right? they the, the intestines look solid uh the effects were, for this movie were decent uh it was the best looking one it was also the most entertaining one uh yeah David's, that was that was by david far the... screaming in pain while getting chopped was the most believable moment in the whole movie at least for Instead you know saying, ow owie yeah owie owie, owie. I mean, he's like ah, ah, ah. Like, it, it was it was decent, you know, so yeah, that by far is also my favorite kill uh, as well. So let's move on to the odds and the ends. Just when you thought it was over, here comes the odds and ends. All right, ratings. IMDb gives it a 3.8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, there is no official thermometer score for this movie, but it has a 43% audience score. God damn it. Gotta be Canadians watch, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and Amazon gives it a fucking three out of five. Are you kidding me? Um, Plocky words. Uh, there are only three Plocky words. Forest, Forest Ranger, and Park Ranger. That's it. Lame. Yeah. Trivia. Uh, writer and director Brad Mills and, and I think his wife, Elizabeth Mills, make cameos in this movie as the opening scene campers from the 70s. Uh, so they, the writer director, that was them. And okay. this film was filmed in Canada on Cape Breton Island in Nova Scotia. The only thing I say about that is because there's, I think, uh, I think if I remember correctly, the original My Bloody Valentine was filmed in Cape oh, Breton in there. Okay. So that's one Canadian horror movie that was actually good. Um, yeah. So that's it. That's all I got for for uh, trivia. Not much on this one. Like I said there's not much on this on these indies. But I'm so glad our, our first episode back for our hiatus. We do get to play the budget game. It's now time to play everyone's favorite game, Guess the Budget. All right, Aaron. Shit. Shit. What is Uh. your guess for the budget of The Legend of Psychotic Forest Ranger 2011? Release. Shot in, two, shot in 2011 with a bunch of fucking hosers who have never done anything since. I will give you so a hint. Guess, I'll give you a hint. 
This budget is in Canadian dollars. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Canadian. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, it was. You could. You, you, we summed it up very perfectly that obviously they didn't have any budget because they couldn't break a window. They used probably their own cars. It was probably their, you know, their cousin's house or something out in the woods. Uh, boy, I'm going to say 10,000. No, 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 no. 15. Let's just go crank it up a notch. Why not? $15,000 is Aaron's guess. You're going to, you won't believe this shit. I don't believe this shit. But what I found, you came in way under budget. Estimated budget in Canadian dollars, 50,000 Canadian. I don't know where the fuck that money went then. I don't... 50000 Like, what? Like, again, Pork Chop was done on $3,000. It was so much better than this movie. It makes me think if this was like a... like a, Was this a money laundering thing? <laughs> yeah. Is this like some, like, biker gang trying to money launder their Canadian crank, you know? Like, just trying to make the money clean? They're, they're getting in that black market maple syrup, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but fifty thousand? Come on, man! Like Jesus Christ! Like that's 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 nuts. Yeah, I I don't I don't know about that, but yeah, but that's what I, that's what I found. That's what it said. At least so, it's not as bad as Krampus. <laughs> it's All like right, so, the budget was like three million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was so obvious. Something was fucked. Yeah. That, one. that was somebody having a good having a good uh, a good uh good time with that one a good little prank yeah. or fun but anyway that's what i found let's move on to uh the five star reviews these special movies have a place in these special people's hearts five star reviews all right so on amazon there are only 11 total reviews 38 percent are five star 34 percent are one star Kicking off, we have Michael, who writes, One of the funniest films I have seen this year. Well worth every penny I paid. Five stars. Yeah. From Grimoire. It was a good movie. A old school throwback to some awesome 80s horror and one of my favorites now. Good watch. Five stars. Worst punctuation ever. He breaks. (laughs) (laughs) Throwback to some good, awesome, two exclamation marks. Then 80s horror. <laughs> it's one of my favorite. It's so bad. I thought so, you were just reading it weird like you were having No, that's, I'm reading it as it was written. That's why it was. <laughs> uh, Margaret McClavy. Mar- Marguerite. I love movies that are campy and don't try to be anything else. I just wish I could get more t-shirts. I had a friend grab one for me at the opening. If you're looking for a highbrow multi-million dollar production, pass this one up. But if you're like me, love the Swamp Thing type movie, rent it and have a ball, five stars. One star movies. Here we go. All right. From the giant squirrel. No nudity. Kills off screen more on than, more than on. Stupid attempts at humor. Not worth watching if it were free. One star. Robert Beavers. Looks, like I, looks more like a high school uh, project. And by the way, since I can't. Read it this way. I have to explain this. This guy spelled high school. H-I school. One word. Nice. High school. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, and from Brian Lee Hart, this is all capital letters and all bold, by the way. I got it by mistake. Poor acting, no plot. It is terrible, pure garbage. Save your money. One star. Now, since there wasn't a whole lot to go with, I, I did go to IMDb, where there's only four four reviews for this movie. I wrote did down, you have to? What? Did yeah, you I, I wrote to? down two. One, okay. one rate is 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. The blue-haired lawyer writes, I love slasher films. My favorite is the 1981 My Bloody Valentine, also filmed on Cape Breton Island. And I love films made in Cape Breton Island because I used to live there before the Canadian economy got bad. Yeah. When I saw the trailer for Psychotic Forest Ranger, I couldn't wait to see it. 8 out of 10. Wow. So he yeah. just likes where he used to live. Yeah, so it gives, like, dude, come on. That's, all right. And, <laughs> and one out of ten from Pat L1973. I really wanted to like this so much. The poster was great. The trailer was great. The theme song was great. I met the director, and he was super nice and cool. I really wanted, wanted, it, wanted to like this so much, but it was horrible. Love 80s horror and, and am very cool with those that want to recapture that era, but sadly, most just missed the root of what made it great, and this is one of them. Uh, to God, to get taught, I, that's what to get taught. Uh, he point this film has a collection of bad actors trying hard to camp it up and and be bad actors. So the film is like watching a nerd snuff, snarf milk out of his nose endlessly. The, fuck? <laughs> the magic of crap 80 cinema is that the actors were. Uh, quinearly not great I don't know if these guys were but that's why these films are awesome when you have bad actors trying to camp it up and, and be bad actors it's totally lost Brad's a good guy and will definitely check out his next flick his heart is in the right place but the direction on this is sadly off Once 1 out of 10 so that's it that's it alright so that, I mean, that brings us to our, you know, our final thought. We're going to break this down now. Well, we already broke it down, but Aaron, close us out, man. What, what do you got? What final thoughts I, I, on this? I kinda, so, I, oh, I should say, yeah, so bad it's good, so bad it's scary. You know what we do. We, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I sympathize with uh, the last reviewer. Uh, I, I wanted to like this movie, too. I actually think the concept wasn't too bad, but they failed at every point. They failed on the humor, the shtick, and they did it just so shittily. They they tried, but they just did it so poorly. They did it with the story. They had this idea of having – they had interesting things that could have worked. The psychotic uh, forest ranger who has somehow come back from the devil or has demonic powers, but they never talk about that. Never. And, all of a, and his compass it throws off other compasses. And that could be an interesting plot device. I'm just going to get angry and throw it and go storm off. They don't follow anything up, which seems like it's actually not a bad idea. It's not a bad plot device, but they never come back to it. They never explain it. They never talk about it. I don't mind the ranger. He's a thick guy. He's, he's convincing enough to be a killer. And his, but he constantly laughs. It just, it takes you right out of it. It doesn't give you any time to like, have any sense of fear from him you're just actually just bored and you're hoping that he just gets done with this so we can move on and get back to our shitty lives god damn it <laughs> this movie like had possibilities 
but god damn is a fail in execution so bad it's scary yeah um i i can't i, I mean i can't really say anything else other, like argue against that as well uh 100 so bad it's scary I too same thing. Like I kind of wanted like this. I was hoping we were gonna find kind of like another Terror Bloodfart Lake kind of so bad it's good fun movie, but man, it just it started off and just went downhill. Like the, didn't really give you any real good hopes of, of ever turning itself around. The Forest Ranger, you're right. Like for an independent movie, like they get a guy who can be you know is big enough. He's a little on the short side, it looks like, but he's thick enough to kind of make up for it so i mean he's passable as as a as a a physical presence uh but right if you're gonna focus on the credits so hard with this devil worship and priest stuff and all this stuff and tie it into the movie do something with it they had they lost it they just lost what could have been something kind of fun and just it just fucked it all up like i don't even know what else to say this movie is terrible like don't watch this man just stay away like it's not fun i unfortunately watch this thing twice and i just feel like you said i feel 10 years older after watching it like it's (laughs) not good so yeah yeah this one was uh i i like i said i started to feel i started to get notes of noma mercy and i don't know if this is a canadian thing but it's just really like it's it's a they had they're, they're very similar in a sense. It's like a group goes out in the woods, a group goes out in the woods. They meet another group, they meet another group. They both party together, and then this stalking killer has really shitty puns that aren't funny. They're just eye rollers, and, and they're the so fixer, forced. It's like the writer like yes. I have to come up with some kind of pun for every kill when you don't need to, like, and he was just forcing them. They're so bad, so bad. So there was a lot of similarities in that. And I'm hoping this isn't like Canadian sense of humor. Because Kids in the Hall was funny. Yes. Okay? Yeah. And that's Canadian. <laughs> yeah, Kids in the Hall was funny. What happened, Canada? What's going on, man? You gotta, you've let me down in the horror department. Yeah. I, and, and they think about it, like, again, this was released in 2011. And it's got a not joke in it. I mean, if maybe if this was 2001, maybe it's a little more, maybe, but 2011, and you're putting a not joke in? Even 2001, we'd be rolling our eyes. Yes, but I'm saying at least then, I mean, it's still closer to the 90s than now. I mean, my God. It, it's still within a 10-year frame. <laughs> yeah, like, we're 20 years. Like, that's the, God, it's, what the fuck, man? So, anyway, so, guys, don't watch this movie. <laughs> Just stay away from it. Um... But I do want to say thanks to uh, Jeff Bosnick for suggesting this movie to us. So thank you, I guess. For uh, But keep your suggestions coming, guys. If you have any suggestions, send them our way. Uh, via, we, uh, either our Instagram page or you can email us at sobaditscary at gmail.com with your movie suggestions. Uh, check us out on Patreon. Uh, I know things are t- rough for everybody right now, but even if just a dollar uh, uh, donation helps us out a lot with uh, keeping the show going now that we're back to it. So uh, other than that, we're glad to be back, man. This was a little rough. I know we had a little rusty here. You had to get get the flow going again, but uh, it's thrilled to be back. I'm really happy to be back, and we, uh, you know, we're come, we'll be back next. Uh, hopefully next week again. Uh, yeah. We have, yeah, we have an interview lined up with one of our Hall of Famers. I'm not gonna say who yet, but we have one of our horrible horror Hall of Famers. We have an interview lined up with uh, at the end of the month, so that'll be fun. Yeah, I just wanted to try. I mean, again, we're on video. Like we have a delay, so I've been trying to cut in here. 
but yeah, I just want to thank all the moon goons who have been reaching out to us, asking if we're okay, if uh, you know we're, we're still going to be podcasting because it's been a long time. But I, I appreciate everyone still reaching out to us. Uh, it makes it kind of validating that actually people listen and are enjoying what we do because yeah. you know we do this for fun, we do this you know because we like to do it, but it's also nice to have some validation. So thank you all the moon goons out there who actually. Uh, yeah, I'll thank you for saying, I'm sorry we probably lost a lot of listeners yeah. over this time, but hopefully they'll come back, spread the word. And those of you who are stuck with us, you know, again, thank you very much. We love you guys. We appreciate you so much. So now, remember, watch more horror movies, and always keep it tight.